Hey everyone, welcome back to the Preacher Chick Podcast. I am your host, Stacy. I am the Preacher Chick, and I am so excited about this episode. I'm always excited about the episodes, but there's something special about this series of discussions that we're having that started with the last episode. If you didn't get a chance to listen to it, I highly recommend you go back and check it out. I'll link to it in the show notes. But last time I started a conversation series where I'm talking to different people about stewardship. And yep, um, in the church, when we talk about stewardship, typically we're talking about finances. But as you will remember in the last episode, we, we discussed what the definition of stewardship is. And it is the job of supervising or taking care of something It's an ethic that embodies the responsible planning and management of resources, especially the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. And that there's this theology behind stewardship that says we believe that God has given humanity the responsibility of the world and that we're supposed to take care of it and look after it. Stewardship is managing everything God brings into the believer's life in a manner that honors him and that impacts eternity. And so last time we talked about the stewardship of emotions and and how and how God has created us in his image, in his likeness. So he's created us in all ways like him, including our emotions. And so today The discussion is going to sound a little different because I didn't get to sit down in a room or even over um, a Zoom or a recording to discuss stewardship. Instead, what I did was reached out to a few people in my life who I love and respect and value. Um, Some of them are involved in uh, vocational uh, worship ministry and Uh, Some have just always served in worship ministry at their church. And I just wanted to know what their thoughts were on the idea of stewarding our worship. Here's why I think it matters. Um, So I'm going to start by telling you what I think on this. Um, Our worship is so much more than the songs we sing when we're at church on Sundays. Our worship is so much more than the songs we listen to in our car or the songs that we sing while we're cleaning our house or in our own personal prayer time and devotion time. Worship is a lifestyle. Worship is about having a heart to honor and glorify God. And the verse that, not even the verse, the chapter of the Bible that immediately comes to my mind when I think about stewarding worship is John chapter four. And if you'll allow me, I just want to read it to you. Um, John chapter four, and I'm reading from the CSB. John chapter four um, is headlined Jesus and the Samaritan woman. So if you have um, any uh, affiliation with the local church, if you've grown up in church, you've heard this You've heard this biblical account multiple times. And here's what it says. 
When Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard he was making and baptizing more disciples than John, though Jesus himself was not baptizing, but his disciples were, he left Judea and went again to Galilee. He had to travel through Samaria, so he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar near the property that Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, worn out from his journey, sat down at the well. It was about noon. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Give me a drink, Jesus said to her, because his disciples had gone into town to buy food. How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan woman, she asked him, for Jews do not associate with Samaritans. And this is verse 10. Jesus answered, if you knew the gift of God and who is saying to you, give me a drink, you would ask him and he would give you living water. Sir, said the woman, you don't have even a bucket and the well is deep. So where do you get this living water? You aren't greater than our father Jacob, are you? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and livestock. And Jesus said, everyone who drinks from this water will get thirsty again. But whoever drinks from the water that I will give him will never get thirsty again. In fact, the water I will give him will become a well of water springing up in him for eternal life. Sir, the woman said to him, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and come here to draw water. Go call your husband, he told her, and come back here. I don't have a husband, she answered. You have correctly said I don't have a husband, Jesus said, for you've had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. Sir, the woman replied, I see that you're a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews say that the place to worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus told her, oh, I love this. Believe me, woman, an hour is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know because salvation is from the Jews. But an hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Yes, the Father wants such people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. <laughs> Verse 26, Jesus told her, I, the one speaking to you, am he. Friends, this story goes on and it is overwhelming to me, both as a believer, I guess I shouldn't say both, I think I should say in all ways considering the life of a believer, the fact that I'm a woman, and the fact that um, I love to worship. I, I can make anything that I do an act of worship. But when you listen to what Jesus is saying in verse 23, but an hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Friends, when I think about stewarding worship, I think about stewarding my lifestyle. Is everything that I'm doing in some way, shape, or form done as an act of worship to the Lord? Is it done in a way that it draws attention not to myself, but to my Creator, to my Father, to um, the 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 King above all kings? It does does every aspect of my life honor and glorify Him, and and when I think of it that way, then that 
kind of flips the term worship on its head in that um, raising my kids is an act of worship. Being a, a good wife is an act of worship. How I clean my house is an act of worship. Doing the dishes, folding laundry, cleaning out my car, taking a walk, um, it, feeding the birds, which my husband and friends think I'm the crazy old bird lady, but all of these things can be done as acts of worship. The definition of worship is the feeling or expression of reverence and adoration for a deity. Guys, we're not just talking about singing the right song or saying the right prayer. We're talking about an attitude and an atmosphere that surrounds us that is an act of worship. So in stewarding our worship and managing that, then it's it's saying, am I doing all things in a way that honors and glorifies him? Other parts of scripture say, whatever your hands find to do, do it with all their might. Or when doing these things, do them as if you're doing them unto the Lord. That is stewarding worship to me. Now, what this episode is going to have in it that I hope you really enjoy are, like I said, some friends of mine giving their thoughts. And the first one you're going to hear from is my sweet friend, Caitlin. Caitlin and I met um, almost 10 years ago when I was her counselor at our church camp. And she was uh, she was going to be a senior in high school that year. And I have known this girl ever since. I, I was blessed to be a part of her wedding. And um, we've just become friends. And Caitlin has a sincere heart for worship. What I also know about Caitlin is that she's a four on the Enneagram. And, and one of the other friends that you're going to hear from later in the episode is also a four on the Enneagram. And it's just cracking me up because their approaches to what I asked them to contribute were just so similar. And I love them both for it. Um, but fours have a uh, great creative side to them that is unique and and quite rooted in the emotion and I love that about them I love that about Caitlin and what I also love in this um, in this clip of her sharing is that you hear her living this out and I don't even know if she recognized it but she's stewarding the moment so well because she's living in this moment as a mama and as a, as a worshiper and as a friend. And it's just so special to me. So listen to what Caitlin has to say. And, and I encourage you, really think about it and take some notes. Hey friend, so I'm sitting, Lily's on my lap, she's not having a very good morning, and so I'm kind of doing this in the middle of life this morning, but um, I wanted to be able to get this out to you because I am especially forgetful in this season. Um, So I feel like I'm having a hard time really pinning down what stewarding worship as a non-worship leader means, but maybe I will find it as I talk 
through what I find um, stewardship of worship to mean as a worship leader. Um, you know me yes. and all the feels and the depth of where like all of my words and my worship comes from. It's, it's a very deep and, and healing process um, for me to participate in worship. And um, one of the things in scripture that has always stood out to me with reading your notes and doing a little bit of research on stewarding, um, basically meaning being entrusted something um, from someone else. And as a worship leader, I feel like I carry this feeling of being entrusted to lead God's people into worship and to take that seriously. Um, I believe that worship is a unique form of warfare. Um, and even in the Old Testament, I find it interesting. In Second Chronicles 20, um, it's t- basically talking about when the Israelite army would be going to war. And it says, when he, would, when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who sang to the Lord and those who praised him in holy attire as they went out before the army and said, give thanks to the Lord for his faithfulness is everlasting. This kind of imagery has been something that I carry with me as a worship leader weekly, where I feel like myself and my team are preparing the way for the army. We're preparing the way for breakthrough. <laughs> We are leading God's people into an opportunity to participate in like the most unique, most powerful form of warfare there is. That being worship and intercession as well, since um, in our church, those things often go hand in hand. Um, I feel like I'm not super answering the question in like this super powerful, elegant way, but to me, it's it's being entrusted to take it seriously and to go in to worship each Sunday with this understanding that I'm going to meet with Jesus. I'm going to help others meet with Jesus and I'm going to help them seek and receive breakthrough in whatever situations that they're experiencing, big or small. And this, (laughs) sorry, this, um, I don't know. I just feel like there is such supernatural, like Holy Spirit significance to sending a worshiper out before an army. And the army being the heavenly army, the army being our people, that kind of thing. But I I guess even as a person, what I would hope for them as they walk into a Sunday morning, that they'd come in with the same expectations that I have, that they're going to meet with Jesus and that they're going to seek and receive breakthrough in their situation. Because I believe that's what worship, that's what worship does Um, while simultaneously giving I don't know. I've, I just have seen it time and time again as we glorify Jesus, as we pull on his character. He like he acts in his character. He pours out his love, his healing, his wholeness. All the fruits of the Spirit are where he is. And I feel like when worship is there, the fruit of worship is often <laughs> breakthrough and all of those things. Sorry, this is a bunch of tangential thoughts this morning, but, um, yeah, I think that's what, (laughs) I think that's what I got for you. 
Um, just this idea of taking it seriously. We're not there to have a concert. We're not there to have a show. Or for the people who are there, we're, we're not there to... They're not there to participate in a show. Mm-hmm. It's not a concert for them to stand around. It's really not about what they like or they don't like. It's it's the heart motivation of I'm going to spend time with Jesus and love on him and glorify him this morning. And if they sing a song I don't like or they sing the bridge 50 times and I'm over it, it's it's that heart mentality of it's not about me anyway. I've been given the opportunity to worship my Savior, and I'm going to take it seriously simply because he's worthy of it, not because I'm necessarily, although I think we do end up enjoying it when our heart's in the right spot, but it, it's not It's not about us. It's about our Father and about worshiping our Father and um, seeing him act in all of his greatness and just the goodness of his character and his love for us. So... seriously love that girl so much. She's not a girl anymore. She is a beautiful woman of God who, by the way, mad props and huge shout out to her because my friend Caitlin just recently graduated and is now a board certified family nurse practitioner. And she has worked so hard. And I know this is all part of what God is leading her and her husband, Stephen, to, uh, to be a part of their ministry in some way, shape, or form. And it's exciting to watch God lead them um, in that. That being said, one of the things that I love that she said in in discussing stewarding worship is the, the, the aspect of warfare in our worship. Um, friends, that is real. And... Um, <laughs> And, and it's so true. And so consider that, contemplate that as we continue to discuss this, this perspective of, of stewarding our worship. My next friend you're going to hear from, his name is Josh. I've also known Josh for um, about 16 years. Josh was just a, a junior high student moving into the youth ministry Um, at our church when we first started attending there back in 2005. And he has become a dear friend. Um, I can't tell you how many times people have thought he was my son. I can't tell you how many times I've relied on him uh, for different things. And um, one of the things that he is... uh, important in the ministry of our local church, but also important in my life, um, is that he is an extravagant worshiper and he spurs worship on. And I knew when I wanted to have a conversation about stewarding our our worship, that Josh was one I wanted us to hear from. And, and his heart message did not disappoint. And I pray that it speaks to you as it has spoken to me, let it challenge you and your thoughts and perspective on worship. So here's my friend, Josh. A phrase I heard the Lord speak to me during quarantine time was, I didn't call you just to minister to people, but I've called you to first and foremost to minister to me. I've never heard that phrase before, ministering to the Lord. It was foreign to me and somewhat mildly offensive. Like how? Lord, you don't need ministry. 
When I think of ministry, I think of the homeless creating community. Ministry is focused on people. This phrase really reshaped my paradigm and changed my perspective on ministry. That my primary call is to minister to the Lord and everything else flows from that place. When I think about what that means, I go back to what the first commandment says. In Matthew 22, one of the Pharisees asked Jesus what the greatest commandment of the law is. In which Jesus replies in verse 37, Love the Lord your God with every passion of your heart, with all the energy of your being, and with every thought that is within you. Ministry to him means I get to fulfill that greatest commandment. All those three, it's what makes me me. It's beyond a song. It's beyond a building. It's a life of loving God. And loving him isn't just telling him, oh, I love you, God, or having good emotions towards him. It's obedience. It's submission. It's agreement. Loving the Lord isn't about doing things for him. Ministry to the Lord is beholding him, seeing him, telling him who he is to us, knowing that we move him. Our words move him. Our affections move him. Ministry to the Lord is what gets me out of my bed in the morning when I don't feel like getting out. It's what gets me to read the word when I don't feel like reading the word. It's why I'm learning to do all my work unto him. It's me wanting to fulfill the greatest commandment. I want to love him rightly. Encountering God and loving him and being loved by him is so important. It's the most important. The foundation of my actions comes from the overflow of loving God and being loved by him. By encountering him and knowing his character. It's right order though. If I love God but I just stay loving God and I'm not loving my neighbor, well I'm only fulfilling half of what he tells me to do. I'm a part of the ministry of worship at my local church. If I don't love the people I'm leading into worship, it can get real weird real fast. What I'm learning is that I really need to be in love with the people too. But it comes from loving him so much and realizing the Lord really loves his bride. He wants his bride to know him and understand him. I feel like I'm almost a connector, but I have to love the bride too. And again, it's right order. I'm learning to love the bride because I'm learning to love him first. If you're on a worship team, rather a musician, leader, sound tech, and you're asking, how can I minister to the Lord on stage? I have to tell you that the way you live off stage has a direct, direct, direct effect on how you're going to minister to him. Our hearts need to be in thanksgiving. And what that looks like is getting to know his character by being in the word and through his spirit. Now I'm learning this keyword learning to have a heart that's alive to him, a heart that responds to him. So if I'm at home in my kitchen doing his dishes... Or I mean my dishes, his dishes, sure. And say, Jesus, I love you. You're my everything. I'm learning to live with an open heart towards him. So that when we mean corporately, a microphone or an instrument is just an overflow or an extension of how we're living our lives. Coming with Thanksgiving, he doesn't need it, we do. It gets our eyes off what we're going through and it helps get our eyes connected to him. When you help get a whole room, get their eyes on him. That's when we stop leading and the Spirit becomes the leader. And that's the overall goal anyways. It's an invitation for him to become the host. And he has an open canvas to fill us with faith. In our local church, we're learning to come in and just love him. 
We haven't arrived. We'll never arrive. He doesn't need to be reminded who he is. But even worship, when we agree with him and his character, it moves him. But what's it doing to us? It's making us aware of him. Do you know what I mean? Like worship benefits us too. It's the fruit of beholding him. Like it's crazy to think for the rest of our lives, this is what we'll be doing. This is our call to minister to the Lord. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, challenging, challenging, challenging. Um, man, so, so good. And I appreciate Josh so much. Okay. So the last one we're going to hear from is my friend Warren. Now, Warren and my brother, Chris did an episode for the pod last fall with me, but the audio had kind of gotten wonky and it wasn't the easiest to catch all of the wonderful nuggets that Warren and Chris brought to the conversation. And so again, I knew I wanted to hear his thoughts on stewarding our worship. And again, he did not disappoint. Warren's heart for worship and Warren's heart to see God's people step into it are huge. And he's going to share about it. And just so you know, he's going to talk to you about what stewardship is in practical everyday life, as well as what stewardship is in worship. Really listen in and hear what my friend Warren has to say. Good day, good day, good day, Pastor Stacy. Uh, you asked me to give something on stewardship and worship and being good stewards of worship. And uh, so I'm going to give you this little insight. Um, I uh, have never been to any, into any conferences or any workshop on, on worship. I just you know everything that I know of is just being, you know, being in worship um, over for almost 20 years. It'd be 20 years in October. And uh, just doing worship in churches from Catholic to, you know, Presbyterian, Methodist, Lutheran, uh, African Methodist, Episcopalian, um, uh, uh, United Methodist, Pentecostal, United Pentecostal, you know, I've, uh, Assembly of God. I've covered a lot of uh, denominations in in my uh, almost 20 years of, of worship ministry. And so this is just what I've picked up over the years. Um, first of all, we have to define the word steward, uh, steward. It can, uh, it is a noun and as a verb, um, the noun aspect is, uh, being a steward is, uh, someone who is placed over a specific task or department or what have you. And they are to manage and supervise that task, make sure that task is running efficiently, uh, and uh, it is it is uh, effective to whoever whatever parties are involved in that task. Uh, an example would be a teacher. A teacher is a steward over their students uh, to make sure they're learning uh, the curriculum and they're able to to grasp and they are able to uh, uh, can't think of the word right now. Um, they're able to remember what they're what they're learning. And they could take it through, you know, from K through, you know, 12 and on into college and able to uh, to uh, to uh, successfully use what they learn. Um, 
Another example would be a shift manager at a store. They're running that particular shift. Uh, make sure that shift is, is ran effectively and make sure that it, it same thing there. Make sure it runs smoothly and make sure everything goes well. Um, so to be a steward means that you you have been placed over that specific task by a higher power, meaning that the shift manager was placed there over the hiring manager. That teacher was placed there uh, through the board of education. So if w- whatever tasks that they're supervising or they're they're trying to uh, uh, manage isn't going well, they have to answer to that higher power. The teacher has to answer to the principal, which has an answer to the superintendent and so forth. Um, that shift manager has an answer to the store manager and they have an answer to the person above them or so have you. So whenever we have a task, we've been, we, whatever tools that we've been given, we've been given the tools and we've been given, you know, a policy or given the, 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 the guidelines or whatever to make sure that task is run properly. And so uh, once we have those things now, we're we're expected in some instances, especially the, in the in the uh, the everyday jobs, we're expected to make sure that we use the tools that we're given and the guidelines that we have been given to make sure it runs effectively. If that doesn't, then we have to answer to somebody. Well, worship is exactly the same way. Uh, we've been placed in that position by our calling. If we so have been called or we think we have been called, we've been placed in that position by someone who is over the entire manager as a whole. And they have the answer to, you know, the ultimate manager himself, you know, our father in heaven. And so uh, being a good steward of of worship. Uh, there are many, many, uh, as, uh, many, many facets in order to do that, but I'm going to try to cover just only a couple of them because of time. I want to be on it too long. Somewhere like four minutes into it. <laughs> um, being a good steward means that, first of all, uh, you know, times are changing. You know, uh, you've seen the, the history of, of worship. You know, worship started with, you know, the pipe organs and the choirs and they've evolved into the piano and then they evolved into guitars and then guitar and the piano and harmony. And it kind of slowly, uh, diverted some churches from the choir to the praise team. And they, you know, went from being, you know, just a simple old, you know, uh, background to now we have lights and backdrops and smoke and dark rooms and everything. And so as Tom's are evolving, um, know with the generations or or the generations and future generations are coming up on us excuse me uh things are are becoming different and it's up to us to make sure that we could that we keep up with those times and that's why we have different workshops things like that um one thing about the stewardship of of other places you know the other managers and everyday jobs is there's always training they have to go to uh where they be by uh, uh, biannually, annually, uh, things like that. Uh, as policies change, as times change, generations change, needs change. And so they're going to, you know, they're, they're trying to obtain information and grab as much information they can to make sure uh, they're keeping up with the times. Like I mentioned, you know, the, you know, starting from, you know, from the choir, the pipe organ, all the way up to the smoke lights and, you know, got that full loud band sound. Um, so we have to ask ourselves, uh, what are we doing to make sure we're managing and, and supervising our task effectively? 
because ultimately if we're not doing it properly, it's going to show, you know, if, if you know, if, if uh, we're you know, over a team and there's uh, there's such dissension on the team. And, you know, just uh, one thing I believe in a team has to be in, you know, in on one accord in order to effectively, you know, bring God's presence in. Because, you know, one thing about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will, will not move out of disorder. And a lot of times, especially with the more charismatic churches, they can try their best to conjure up chords and conjure up, you know, no, uh, you know, uh, habitual sayings, the cliche saying, you know, that the, the spirit of the Lord is in this place. Oh, come on, lift your hands and blah, blah, blah. Um, we can do all of that out of habit and do it out, out, out of you know, the surface. Um, but if we're not on one accord, nothing's going to change in, in the spiritual realm. As a matter of fact, if anything, it would get worse. And so that's why it's really important for us to become, be, make sure we are good stewards and make sure we're maintaining and constantly building our worship uh, ministries up to the best. We also got to realize that not every ministry is the same. You know, we have different stores around here. We have different stores with different needs. You know, we have, you know, Target is different from Schnucks. They're both stores, but one is, a, one is more of a retail store. One's more of, of a grocery store. And so not every ministry is going to be the same. And so we can't, we can draw different, um, um, aspects of different ministries from different churches, you know, maybe draw something from North Point or draw something from Bethel or draw something from, from Hillsong, or maybe your local church or churches around you, they want to draw stuff from. But one of the biggest thing I've seen is that, uh, one of my, one of my biggest things, especially with, you know, with, with the churches growing in and, and churches become more, more and more multicultural is that we have to be relevant with our, our ministry, our uh, ministries, making sure that they are multicultural as well. And, and I always say that if you have to say our church is, if you actually have to use the words, our, our church is multicultural, your church is not multicultural because multicultural, anything is all by action. It goes with that steward being a, a verb, you know, being in the action of a steward. You know, maintain a story. You know, if you have a multicultural uh, congregation, everything should reflect that being multicultural, including your music. Not everybody like Hillsong. Not everybody like North Point. Not everybody like Travis Green. Not everybody like Israel. Nobody like not everyone like Eddie James. Not everyone like Hymns. So, but we have people in those. We have people of different, you know, different generations that might like stuff. Some people still love read out of hymn numbers seven hundred twenty-three. While some people still want to go hard on, you know, go hard on, on, on a, um, a, a David Crowder. Uh, some people still want to go hard, want to go hard on North Point or, or Upper Room or whatever. So making sure that our ministries um, match up with the people that we're trying to reach is a really huge uh, facet of that. And the last thing I want to touch on is uh, making sure that our skill level is up to par, uh, making sure that we are. Uh, able to um, effectively use our gift to the utmost. And um, I have a friend right now who is currently uh, upgrading his whole ministry team and uh, his whole outlook. He went from having just piano to we recently uh, invested in, he invested in a computer and then uh, uh, we invested in with main stage and we got him to um, shout out to a uh, worship essentials from that worship sound.com. Got them hooked up with that. 
and he's loving it. He's loving it, the, the the drone pad, the, the the drone pad in the background with different sounds. They create that relative sound. They're doing some of the same songs, you know. They're you know, still doing, you know, uh, Bethel, and they're still doing North Point, and and so have you. But having that that sound, that 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 uh, drone, and having that sound just takes things to another level. Um, so making sure that our skill level is, is up to par with where we're trying, trying to go. Um, not making things too hard, but making things to where they're relevant and making where things there are, there are pleasing to the ear to everybody. And of course, obviously you're not going to, um, please everyone. I mean, that's just the way it is. Just no matter how Christian you're going to get, there's always somebody who has, has an opinion or something. But the best thing to do is stay in the will of the Holy Spirit. If you stay relative, if you stay open and and and, and willing, being a willing vessel to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will never, and I repeat, never, ever steer you wrong. If you stay in the will of the Holy Spirit, they will always lead you to the right way. And I've seen that time and time and time and time and time again. I've physically seen and heard that with my own eyes and ears. Um so ultimately, to bring it all home, being a, a stewardship is making sure you, you stay ahead of the times, make sure you're constantly asking questions and trying to get as much info as you can. Um, never stay stagnant. You want to keep moving and moving and moving and moving and moving. Um, and also making sure that, that you remember that you are the manager and you're the supervisor over that task that's been given to you due to your skill set and you have exceeded the, the Lord has called you to that. You have answered that call and now you're you're the worship leader or you're the singer. And remember the most of all, like we said this before in past um podcasts, that it doesn't matter who has the title as worship leader or worship pastor or whatever. If you're on that platform, and I can't say this enough, if you're on that platform, you are a worship leader. Or if you're standing in the back just playing the bass. You said a worship leader. Anytime you're on that platform, you've been seen by one or more people. <laughs> you are a worship leader. Whether you're singing or not, you are a worship leader. And so every aspect of that worship team needs to always be in um, in one accord, on one accord, trying to go for the same things. And we know it's all about worshiping God. We know it's, you know, it's... Um, Ultimate is all about, you know, people use that as a huge all the time. It's all about worshiping God, she by anything else. Um, but we always, always, and this is something I've, I've grown up in, and I'm going to end right here. Um, I've always believed that giving the Lord my best is my ultimate goal. And if I feel like there's something that's, that's hindering me from giving the Lord my best, that's hindering somebody who, who might need the Lord, and I know I have that skill set. I have the, the opportunity to get that skill set, but I don't know it. If I want to improve on my skill set, I personally will be trying to find different ways of improving, getting getting lessons or you know, looking at videos and stuff like that. So, yes, we know it's all about the Lord, but you always want to give the Lord your best. If you don't, then you're in the wrong, wrong, wrong business. So I pray this was a help. And I wish you all well, and God bless you all. Man, I'm telling you, this turned out better than I could have hoped for. Really, 
And I pray that through this episode, you will look at worship from a new perspective. That worship will be more than just singing a song in church, but worship will become a lifestyle that you live out in everything from your home to your job to your relationships to singing songs to the Lord that everything we do is an act of honor to our God. I want to thank again my friends Caitlin, Josh, and Warren for giving me their time uh, and allowing me to share um, what they what they have to say on this attitude of uh, stewarding our worship. And I can't wait for the next episode as we continue to discuss stewardship from the life of a believer. Until next time, don't forget to subscribe, to rate and review, and share this with your friends if it spoke to you. Also, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Please, please feel free to leave a comment sharing your thoughts on on stewardship, on the stewardship of emotions or the stewardship of worship so far. You can click the link in the show notes to send a quick little voice memo to me and let me know what you have to say. But also, you can find me on Instagram at The Preacher Chick um, and you can send me a message there. Again, thanks for listening. I can't wait till next time. I hope you all have a great week. Bye.